everyone. It's uh, hopefully if it's still your favorite podcast, Jin Cha Cha podcast. We are back for one last time. Of course, you have to have two hosts as you have had for the last five years. And the first is Miss Tiny Whitney, Wine Boom Boom, Miss Girl Davis in the house. That is correct, Amundo. I am Miss Girl Davis, aka Tiny Whiny, Whiny Boom Boom. And that's the last time we get to sing it for the show now, isn't it? But, you know, mm-hmm. as the lady said, the beautiful lady said, we have to have two hosts. And we couldn't have had this show over the last five years without April Jackson, if you're nasty. <laughs> A.K.A. April J88. Please say the 88. <laughs> A.K.A. The... That's it. I felt that one as well. You know what you feel it? <laughs> I feel like that's it. Yeah, that that's it. You know what I'm saying? That's it. So um so yeah, guys, this is it. This is the last this is our like the second part of the two part finale. That is the Jin Cha Cha Last Farewell. The Majimak Insa. That's it. That's also the name of a Big Bang song. So, you know, we got everything comes together, isn't it? So, um, really and truly, there isn't anything to kind of, there's no housekeeping, there's no this, there's no, like, you know, go on the Twitter or do this or do that, blah, blah, blah. What I will say is in a couple of weeks, a couple of weeks, a few days or whatever, you should see a Gaston Luga Times uh, Jin Cha Cha promotion. Just give us a little share. Give us a lot, little like and share. It helps us out. That's it, really. Because, you know, we still, even though it's ending, get a little sponsorship in the end. You know, slide one in. Do you know what I'm saying? It's only right. It's only right. So really and truly, we can kind of just pick up from the things that we discussed last week, isn't it? So yeah. last week was your birthday. So the first thing I have to ask you, how was your birthday? And did you feel loved for your birthday? If that makes sense. <laughs> um. Yeah, it was, I mean... I never do like a ton of things for my birthday, but um, you know everything's locked down or mm-hmm. is getting locked down, so right. not much to do. But I probably spent my birthday like a way no one has. <laughs> I ended up cleaning my grandmother's bathroom <laughs> mm. <laughs> on my birthday, so I'm literally like, you know, and I don't think our bathroom had been cleaned in a very long time, so it was quite dirty. Because, you know, your grandparents are older. They can't really, you know, bend down and clean stuff. So I exactly. did that on my birthday. Right. <laughs> Trying to be the filial piety. 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 Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know, and then I think I finished painting my room. And then was just picking up boxes. Mm. I like, yeah, I just spent it working. But my mom made me some cupcakes and... My little cousin, not little cousin, my niece helped me, uh, you know, decorate them and eat them. So that was my birthday. <laughs> Nothing special. Just, yeah. But, you know, it's 2020. So I guess it really is. I mean, maybe when we reach 2021, we all can just celebrate, celebrate together. One big celebration that we made it out of 2020. <laughs> so mm. hopefully, you know, next year I can have like a nice little get together hopefully the country the world is in a better place it could be more excited for our birthdays and just you know i mean your birthday looked amazing though <laughs> you had yours yeah. yeah i mean i was lucky because it happened during the time where the cases were falling um it was in july so we were mm-hmm. allowed to actually have functions i made sure right. to lock it off at one because i thought obviously don't take the mick don't take the piss like having a party until five six seven in the morning that would be just ridiculous but yeah it was like you know something to like nine o'clock until one o'clock it was a short event but yeah, it, it was like the family that came over represented and I got to see a lot of my little cousins 
cousins, I was more concerned about seeing the babies, the little, the little, little ones, because I hadn't mm. seen them and they get so big so quick. So, yeah, yeah it, I mean, I'm lucky because at the same token, it's like if you don't throw your own function for yourself as an adult, anybody who's young realizing this for themselves, right. do you understand that if you don't if you don't plan your birthday exactly how you want your birthday to look, to feel even the down to the food, you're never going to get the perfect event. You have to do it yourself. It's not. Yeah. Like, oh, you know, I'm going to just sit around and hope for somebody reads my mind and throws me a surprise party that, I, no, no, you have mm. to surprise yourself. Very true. <laughs> yeah. And, Very true. You know, and I realized this from when I was young where I'd go to my auntie's houses and that, and then they'd be making their own cakes. And I'd be like, oh, and I mean, my aunt's cakes are legendary. Let's not even get that twisted. So we wanted <laughs> to eat her cake. But it's, mm. I was like, oh, I'm understanding that she's making her own cake. So you have to do your own party. If you want, people to come around and and celebrate you you've got to build it so they can come that's literally what it is isn't it as you get as you become an adult it's not about you know sitting around waiting for it to happen because it's not gonna happen mm-hmm. and right, that's right, right. yeah so that's for anything very good in life. advice yeah people, definitely so yeah also um of course you know you guys are dealing with the uh election and i can't even say election mm-hmm. fallout but you know yesterday you had uh the proud boys and i use that in mm. that's that's their name that is their name but they're the nazis yeah let's yeah. call them the proud nazis that's what they are um they did a march yesterday isn't it um now this march is, is in in direct response to the fact that joe biden and kamala harris are the p- president and vp elect and mm. had the uh, ignore what's the inauguration is going to be january 20th isn't that 2021? Yes. Sorry, yeah. I know Trump has to be out 12 p.m. on the 20th of January. <laughs> oh, okay, so he has to be out. Okay, fine. He has to be out. So by he's going to be evicted. Yes. He's been served his notice. You've yeah, got your notice. Yeah. You've been served a red letter. <laughs> okay. In England, so they call pink them. Slip. Oh, you got a pink slip. We have red letters where they serve you a red letter. Mm. Like, yeah. But similar concept, but pink yeah. slip means you've been fired, isn't it? Mm, yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. So it's great. Um, yeah. But the this... Nazis, isn't it? Um, it's actually getting kind of, I mean, it's always been scary, but like, it's really showing, like, I've been seeing so many news things on there, like these people, his followers, they have no proof, but they don't care. And they're the ones like screaming fake news at everybody. But it's like, we have proof and factual things to back up what we're saying. Mm. You all don't. So it's like you all are the fake news. Like it's just like mm. it's some it's a Stockholm stock with a Stockholm syndrome. It's mm. like it's I mean it is people have really been saying it's like similar to Hitler, just how people are blindly following and such a massive amount of people are blindly following, and this country is just you know. I knew I knew it wasn't going to be like peaches when Biden gets in like, oh, you know, racism done, like everything's going to go back to normal. I knew it wouldn't be anything like that. But at least Trump wouldn't have the power that he did anymore. But now he's kind of like reverted that power to his people, which they actually don't have any. But isn't the scariest person someone who doesn't have any power but thinks they do and then Mm. tricks everyone into thinking that they have it. And then before you know it, somehow they do. You know, it's like wow, emperor's you didn't, new clothes but, type of thing. Yeah, so mm. it's like, so that's what's going on. Wow, that the misinformation and just it's really sickening. And they're talking about, you know, I know you were talking about a little while ago about oh, you know, America, the states should break off. I mean, it's so divided right now that 
at this point, I wouldn't be surprised if I don't think the individual states can, but let's say just like split half of America and all of them go on this side and all of us go on another side. I mean, at this point, I don't even know how. Actually, America's never been together. It's just people mm. are quiet about it. Now everyone's come out the woodwork, mm. which is good because now we know, you know, who not to, you know, like, okay, those people are crazy. You know, those people are this, this, and that. <sighs> anyway, this, y'all, keep us, I don't know they say, somebody pray for me. Because <laughs> America <laughs> is a jacked up country. That's all I can say. <laughs> And I mean, from one jacked up country to the jacked up mothership that created that jacked up country. Because <laughs> I mean, I mean, I'm not like you know, as anybody's ever listened to, I'm just plugging in the uh, the, the the plug for the laptop because it's it's dying. Sorry, um, unless you hear that sound, because I think anybody who's ever listened to this podcast over the last five years will never ever for a moment say that girl Davis sings the praises of England, because. <laughs> I don't. Uh, I'm a descendant of slaves, just like how you're a descendant of slaves. I, it just happened elsewhere. You know, it didn't happen on the soil that you happened to be on. You know what I'm saying? I, it have, might happened in, in a colony in Jamaica, but it's still the same regime. So the exact same way I feel about the US is the exact same way I feel about the UK policies. And the way the um, Trump helped legitimize a lot of the xenophobic rhetoric and the downright racist rhetoric misogynist uh you know sexist misogynoir every type of ism and schism he helped legitimize and give a voice to and give um rise to the losers in not only your country but in in england as well and just like the whole of the uk and other parts in europe we're seeing uprisings of nazis and that kind of stuff and they're the losers they are the dregs of society but somebody like trump Again, no, who's not qualified, who doesn't have, you know, the, the credentials aside from being rich and white and a man and of a certain age. Those are the only credentials he has. Just like Boris, because <laughs> I mean, Boris's credential is that he knows the right people. He went to the right school. He hung around with the right Bullington Boys Club. They all know each other. Like it's, it's a it's all a networking situation, isn't it? So therefore, it's a case of, of course, you're going to help. What's the word? Gas up the people who are whack and can do nothing in, in society but hate and spread hate and give them a voice and think, oh, that's right. So I've been right this whole time. Because only when you shine a light on something, you spotlight something. That's a form of promotion, isn't it? doesn't matter if it's negative promotion. You know, some people genuinely can't tell the difference between being famous and infamous. Some people can't tell the difference. To them, I see you, you're visible. That's all you need to know. And... That's the problem. That is the issue that we've have that we have right now, um, and really and truly, I think cause I've been talking about twenty twenty with a lot of people, and I've been talking about um, there's a lot of things on, on my mind. I just want to kind of just get out there. This is the last episode, but twenty twenty feels like a zombie movie or a, a zombie apocalypse type film. But the very, very, very beginning, where not that it's boring, but it's just that it's a bit kind of mundane. Things are happening, but no one's taking it very seriously. And over time, things happen, and it's like, oh shit, oh shit, oh shit. That's what 2020 seems to have happened, like it, the, the kind of progression of it. But what I want people to recognize is that 2020, even though it might feel like a movie or a really badly written TV show for Netflix, it's neither of those things. 2020 is a year, but it's not a finale to a TV show. So what I'm going to just ex explain what I mean is, is that 2021 will be identical to this if we don't learn from what's happened this year. And 
all the problems and all the things that we're setting up now and all the things like the, the Proud Boys, for example, and the way that coronavirus is spiking, those are just two things. And the unemployment, the fact that you haven't got enough stimulus checks or people don't have any food. Like, people don't have no food. Basically, people don't have no food. These things are going to carry over into 2021. They're not going to suddenly just end because 2020, the series just ended. <laughs> so then it ended. No, it's going to just carry over. And it can, it could potentially carry over into the year 2022, 23, 24, etc. If we don't recognise the mistakes that we've made this year as a collective, this, the mistakes that we made this year and rectify them. So, you know, people who are talking about, oh, masks destroying their liberty. And I'm not even talking about Americans. I'm talking about British people. <laughs> yeah, because uh, the British people are saying the exact same thing about how they didn't want to wear masks. They're packing out the bars. Well, that was open. Obviously, they ain't open now. But, you know, they're packing out the bars, the restaurants, all of these places. That's why, obviously, we're in a second lockdown. And there potentially could be a third. There potentially could be a fourth. Fifth, sixth. We don't know how long this could be. Because let's be real. The excuse me, the pandemic from um, was it 1910, right? The original influenza um, happened 100 years ago. So what was it? 19, well, whenever it really happened. Um, that is the same flu that we actually have right now. So that level of, that, that, that actual strain of influenza is the same flu that we have now in 2020. Obviously, it's just mutated, isn't it? So all I'm saying is that, coronavirus looks like it will stick around for a very long time. We're just going to mutate and pass through different people and some some of us will be immune. So just like the flu, there's some people I know never, ever catch the flu, never catch it, even a cold due to their immune system, their diet, blah, blah, blah. Then there's some people who, you know, literally step outside and then they're sneezing. Everyone is different. Just because everyone's different doesn't mean that some people need to, some people deserve to die over others and people use it as natural selection. no. No, no, no. That's called eugenics. That's Nazi talk. And this is I'm I'm bringing it all I'm bringing it all together by by finishing by saying that. But because coronavirus and the whole Proud Boys, it's quite it's very it's very strange that we have a virus that is literally killing people, and people are using the same language that the Nazis used to justify killings of people, mostly majority Jewish people, as we know. And then we have the literal Nazis marching in the street. So are we, what is this not 1930s Berlin or something? What is this? Like, how did we get here? So I really think that we as a people need to take stock. This next few weeks, next few months left of um 2020, because obviously we're in November now. December's coming up very soon. So we've only got a couple of weeks left of 2020. I personally think we need to stop, look and listen to what we've been all, we've all collectively been doing and reevaluate. Otherwise 2021 is going to be more of the same. You know, as you said the inauguration or you know Trump has until January 20th to get the hell on out of the out of the White House. Until that time, we know a lot of crazy shit is going to happen on the streets. We don't know what it is. But it's going to be crazy. It's going to be dangerous. And again, that that fascist, that fascism is going to have a ripple effect. Because again, we're having a strange, bizarro thing in 2020 where we actually engage with fascists. And we give fascist names, which are what's it, the counter-protesters, uh, Antifa protesters. How can you, how can you protest Antifa, stop the way they they abbreviate things to make it look like more scary than it is. Because if you abbreviate something, you take away the full meaning of the name, so it makes it sound scary. Anti-fascism. 
That's what Antifa stands for. If you are a regular person who doesn't believe in police brutality, doesn't believe in racism, doesn't believe in any other ism and schism, then you are an anti-fascist. So the Proud Boys were trying to destroy people like April and people like myself and majority of the people who listen to this podcast would be... In fact, I'd say I hope every single person who listens to this podcast is an anti-fascist because if you're a fascist, why are you listening to two black women talk about K-pop? Really? That would be very strange and bizarre, but, you know, whatever floats to your flipping boat, I guess. And they've got a cute name, the Proud Boys, not... Proud men, you know, for example. Proud boys, as if... Like, listen to the language they've chosen to use. You've chosen to use the word boy. Boy, it obviously insinuates, you know, an idea of being juvenile, not being, you know, growing up enough, not knowing enough. Boys will be boys, so you let them do things. Like, you see in that, it's very strategic language that they've chosen to use, and this has just been allowed to be on the... Loud. They're just allowed to be in the streets. They're just allowed to do all of these things. And I think that's absolute bullshit and this is the stuff that we need to be like I said, i'm just talking about we as a people need to shut this shit down it's too much it's too too much man so yeah that's my overall um thoughts for what's happening in the world and for politics and what i hope that's going to happen next year as well but at the same token april you know um we did talk about uh, a few things that happened in K-pop last week quite a few things and i think it would make it makes sense to kind of pick up on those things. So one of the main things I know that you want to discuss is Taemin part two of Never Gonna Dance Again, that album. Um, so have you heard the album yet? And if so, what do you think of it? What do you think of the lead single? What do you think of the video? Yes. So I'm so excited to talk about Taemin. I'm guess. Okay. All right. So Taemin came back out with Never Gonna Dance Again Act Two uh, with the lead single Edia. You know, spelled ideas like Edia, because apparently it's like Plato's theory of form, I believe. And it's like, I don't know, I was kind of researching it. It was like, I don't know, I read it, but it really didn't mean anything. <laughs> I just read it. Now I'm like, did it really say anything? Um, basically, like nothing's perfect, I think. Something like that. Anyway, um, so it's beautiful. I love the imagery. It has almost, it has like a bit of like, uh, was it Catholic? Catholic? Is that a word? Catholic kind of imagery to it. It reminds me of kind of like Madonna. She's like, like a virgin or it's just very ethereal. And I just love it. And then, um, you know, Tamin has his crop top on in the video. Like, yes, for the crop tops, men in crop tops. <laughs> um, so this actually, this video is Tamin's fastest, like growing video to date It's already at 22 million, I believe 20 or 22 million. And like criminal now is I think at 20. And it's been out a couple months, and this one's only been out for like five days. So I know I have added to the uh, to the count because I watch it every day because the video is gorgeous. It is beautiful. I think it's actually one of my favorite videos of him of his ever. Uh, the song Edia between this and Criminal, they're both really amazing songs, but this one just really calls me. So I think out of the two, Edia is my favorite. 
But out of the albums, I prefer Act One because for me, Act One is kind of like it's a bit darker to me. It kind of takes you like on a journey through like the depths, dark depths of the world and or hey, like Hades or something. And then this one is like the stairway to heaven. It's like very ethereal. But for me, the songs on Act One to speak to me more, Black Rose, um, me and you, every, like literally uh, Nemo, this criminal, every single song, uh, Clockwork, like every single song that I'm just like speaks to me. But for uh, me, Act Two is a bit more. He kind of plays like with a little country on a single. It's a, it's a little bit more. I'd say I don't say slower, but like mid tempo. Um, it, it's beautiful, and I think the album really goes together. But style wise, I kind of like the kind of a little bit more R and B. Um, just bops of Act One. I just I ugh, Act One. I think is in my top now three favorite albums. But Act Two is beautiful. I love it. I love it. I love it. But I actually like the imagery of Act Two and the lead single of Act Two than I do the um. But I love the Act One album the most. So I just everything is just so creative. And he also has the full version of Heaven. For those who don't know, Taman performed half of this song at his uh, Japanese concert. I believe it was for New Year's at the beginning of the year in Japan. And, like, so many of us Taman fans were like, oh, my gosh, can we get the full thing? Like, I even, like, downloaded that uh, studio, uh, the live version. It was only, like, two minutes long. I just kept replaying it because it was so beautiful. So to hear the whole thing gorgeous and uh he's been performing it as well ah! oh my gosh um only thing is he actually uh changed the choreography a bit and i actually kind of prefer the choreography from when he performed it live but um yeah but anyway i won't complain it's all beautiful uh this album so it's edia heaven uh un impressionable be your enemy with wendy of red velvet uh was that anna jule which is think of you exclusive the korean version pansy uh sarangin gold kata which is i think it's love and then identity um identity actually he used the intro in act one <clears throat> and i think he might have used it in the move album or no want he used it in want as an intro and then now this is the full song um identity which is so beautiful oh my gosh and uh i really love excuse exclusive that is the korean version he usually there's like a korean version in there and then pansy is a flower and it's the flower for may 25th which is the day that Shiny debuted. So it's like a really like beautiful song that kind of goes out to um, the Shawls. So anyway, overall, gorgeous album. Just, oh, I just, when you see them perform, like I just watch the performance, you know, from Inkigayo and all those. And I'm just like looking at him like, wow, who is doing it like this? And I just really, even though he is like, you know, people love him and he's tame man, I still feel like he's still underappreciated because it's just like, everyone needs to see this. Everyone needs to know how amazing this is. Cause I just feel like if Miguel or like somebody came out with like this Edia song or like criminal, like it would be a bop. They would be like, Oh my gosh, this is amazing. Like, cause it's so, it has those Prince vibes. It has those 
eighties, a little bit that a little bit of nineties in there, and it's just so many elements of just everything coming together. And I've been watching like I, I hate the reaction videos, but I like where the choreographers and like dancers react to his choreography. I just love choreography, maybe because I'm not a dancer, so I'm just like always amazed by really cool choreography, and they're just like wow there's these dance moves and how is choreography is just unmatched so anywho if you guys have not heard it you are missing out you need to watch the live performances you need to watch the video because it is eagerl it will take you on stairway to heaven okay sorry i'm done <laughs> um yeah very excited that's cool that's so cool. yeah um... I've heard only a few parts of the second part of the album and I haven't seen any of the videos yet. Um, I don't know when mm. I'll get to them because remember mm. I said to you I'm deliberately not watching K-pop. So it was a yeah. thing where yeah. I, I that Taemin album, I'd only heard it two weeks ago, mm. literally, because mm. I was on my walk and I heard it. So I'll get to it when they get it comes. It's not going anywhere. That's the only thing about I love about 2020 right now is like there's so much stuff to, con- to like content of everyone and there's a lot of time. So it, it will. Mm. I know I'll get to it when I get to it. But it sounds lovely. I mean, Taemin, he's he has a standard. I noticed that he keeps to his standard. So I mean, that's. I'm just glad that it didn't disappoint. Yes, you know, I didn't want yes. it to disappoint. You know, so um, yeah, yeah. I mean, shout out to Taemin. Um, by the way, just being random, going back, uh-huh. uh, the ninth, uh, the influenza I was talking about, the the, the Spanish flu it was 1918. Mm-hmm. I thought, yeah, 1918, and that's the same flu that we still have now. I want to just correct that because I hate having the wrong dates of things. I'm not a oh. history buff. <laughs> it's just that uh-huh. when you give out the wrong date, you're giving out fake news, isn't it? So yeah, mm-hmm. 1918. Mm-hmm. Um, so I say for me, pick, um, picking up from what I was discussing last week in terms of things that I'm looking, I was looking forward to, mm-hmm. um, but actually disappointed by. Is oh. the SM documentary about Boa? Um, really? Yeah. So they released a documentary because she has an album called Better that's coming out, um, and then the documentary they they really really hyped up this documentary about her twenty years. So it would have been really based off the last eighteen years, because and I'm looking at it right now. There's a a DVD set called it's double DVD set called The History of Boa, and it's from two two thousand to um two thousand and two. Comes in a nice folder case with a little notebook into it and a bag and stuff. It was from I bought it in two thousand and three when it was released. So of course they have another eighteen years to kind of pick up on. So I thought naturally, it, you know, genuinely assuming. <laughs> that if you released the two uh, disc sets last time, you'd probably release what like an hour long, uh, you know, uh, documentary on V Live or YouTube or whatever. Unfortunately, that's not what we got. We got something that was barely half an hour, and it was on YouTube, and it didn't even come with English subtitles, which was really strange. Only because of the fact that the DVD from two thousand and three came with English subtitles. So that was two thousand and three, and you guys were thinking about as SM was thinking about the international market. But twenty twenty, when the international market has been proven, and you guys neglect to put subtitles, not even Korean ones were there. Very, very strange. Very s- yeah, because SM now on everything they've put. Mm. English subtitles. That's, mm. that's really weird. Very strange. Um, the concept of it was basically uh, Boa and other staff from SM as well as people she's worked with uh, throughout the years. Um, like one of her f- best writers, Kenzie. Um, they were narrating her life and her journey, and they used, they kind of reshot some of her most iconic videos, and 
for me, number one is there, which is a Korean video, and they've got songs like Kiss My Lips, Girls on Top, um, a lot of the um, IDP speak, obviously. But at the same token, they included songs like Listen to My Heart. They included, okay, Eat You Up as an English song, but they, they included songs like, um, what's the other one? Buddy, uh, Valenti. Those two songs were released in Korean, we know this, but they were bigger in Japan. Those videos were actually from Japan. There's a quality difference in her Japanese videos back then and her Korean ones. Basically, the Japanese ones were better in it. Avex put more money into her at that time because they really... And they really just invested a lot of money in her. There was a lot of money going around in the industry. Anybody who could, who was there at the time will tell you, even the time when, um, shout out to Crystal K, we had, she, Crystal K came on the podcast and she was talking about the amount of money there was around at that time to produce good videos, to produce, to get good writers in, to produce, have good studio time. All of this stuff was really quality, she was saying. Like, there's like no money now. So I understand the difference. It just kind of showed me that, okay, Boa's best work has always been in Japan. Like, a lot of our, us fans, incredible majority of the bar fans that I know will say that they fuck with her Japanese stuff the most um, I, but at the same token it's like at the same token I'm like she's had a very varied career because in Japan 2004 she released a song called Rock With You which is like obviously a complete rock song she released it in three languages At in that same year she released My Name which is an R&B like, kind of like a Neptune's type of t- produced type song it wasn't produced by them but it sounded like it was produced by them and had a complete different image she was kind of like a vixen in that image but then a rock star in one image like an emo rock star type in one image and that wasn't all in the same year so um it was nice to see her recreate the videos it was nice to see what she looks like now still being able to dance like how she danced back then overall i wasn't impressed by the presentation like really and truly sm the same way uh yg did the light up the sky um documentary with blackpink that we discussed last week and it was an hour and some and some change they could have they've got so much footage they've got 20 years worth of footage they could have made this into a mini series it could have been a four or five part mini series each one being an hour about Boa's career in Boa's career in, in Korea, Boa's career in Japan, Boa trying to make it in the US. Now, and then you could talk about how she and they they mentioned that you know Isuman um, talked about how she is the person that like paved the way for Koreans to walk uh, on the um, in, on the international stage, and she is. They've given her a credit. We know that, but they could have easily just showed that. They could easily have just showed that as, as opposed show don't tell. It's a movie, right? Show don't tell. So um, overall. Not impressed. I like the new version. The new version of the song "Atlantis Princess." She did a nice, like a kind of acoustic version of that. The lyrics of that song always meant a lot to me when I was seventeen, because I'm her age when it came out. But now I'm thirty-four again. Me and her are the exact same age. The lyrics are so much more important to me now. I'm actually listening to the song again and her watching her sing it, especially because that song is a song that she doesn't sing. She chose deliberately not to sing that song anymore because um, in '03 her manager died in a car accident. A really bad car accident and um she was supposed to be in that car but she wasn't in the car at the time um here he was also the fly to the sky manager as well anyway he died and Atlantis Princess was his favorite song so after the initial promotional run of that song she said I'm not gonna perform it anymore out of respect to him so if you do hear her sing that song she's actually singing it for him you know so it's lovely it's a beautiful song and again the lyrics anybody i would say just listen to the lyrics of the atlantis princess song and t- you tell me if you don't make you shed a tear 
Like it's a very beautiful, like lyrically, it's a stunning song. And then um, sonically, it's just a very bright, you know, eyes wide open, ethereal type of song. Hence, obviously, Atlantis Princess, like a princess came from the sea, isn't it? Very lovely song. And um, like I said, overall, the documentary, very disappointed with it. You guys really could have kept it. The fact that it took us having to te- uh, text uh, at you on social media to ask you why there was no subtitles of, of any kind not even korean ones transcribed ones imagine if you know korean people who want to watch it but are deaf can't watch it now or partially you know partially hearing they can't watch it you know what i'm saying because it's literally what what they're looking what, what they're gonna look what they're gonna listen to what they're gonna read sorry There's nothing for them to read for them to understand it was really sloppily it was so sloppy it felt thrown together it felt so lazy and i thought to myself this is the difference between, and this is no shade, this is just me talking. This is the difference between an artist like a Boa and one of my, obviously, my inspirations of life, Beyonce. Because Beyonce wouldn't rely on the record company to produce her um, her 20th anniversary anything. She produced it herself. And in producing it herself, she'd make sure she adds in all the things or takes out some of the things that she, you know, she just, it's her own vision. Now, obviously, we clearly know that Boa is very high up in SM and has her own vision. But at the same token, we know what SM is like and there's a lot of blockages and stuff like that. So I just think personally, the documentary that we want about Boa or the movie that we want about Boa, it's not going to come until me and her. Because again, we're the exact same age. We're not going to come until probably in her, on our 40s. After she's had kids. And uh, maybe even her 50s. When people really look back. Because even Isuman said it. When people look back on her, they're going to realise how legendary she was. I don't want people to have to look back on her in retrospect. To think, oh, what a great artist she was. Nah, she is. She's here, innit? Like, I just don't like the fact that they're just... It's them. It's them. Because if they revered her and was gassing her up and, and, and you know, hyping her up, people would fall in line. Because if the company was doing that and all the young ones would be like, oh, who is this Boa? Let me see. Oh, oh. And they get to watch a documentary and see her from the very beginning and see her interact with every single one of their faves when their faves were just babies. When she was like, you know, by the time she was like 17, 18, 19, you could see where she met um, DBSK when they were babies. And now they're big old crafty men now. When Shiny were babies, when Super Junior were babies, when uh, Super M were obviously, it's a collective of group, but you know what I'm saying? When EXO were babies, NCT, she knows all of them. She was there for the whole time. At least frame it on that perspective and show us how her influence, because she has a lot of influence. Every single time BTS are asked who was their favourite artist, at least one of them mentions Boa and they cite the album My Name said it was their first CD they owned. So come on, man. You had so much opportunities to show the impact of this singer and you just chose not to. You didn't. Which is very hurtful, very disgusting. But uh, it's, I um, really, what's the word? I should be embarrassed at myself for having expectations with SM <laughs> because that's what this is SM, isn't it? Like, so that's the reason why I'm at the same token. I'm very glad that with Taemin, at least the Taemin situation, because I mean, the presentation of his album, uh, Act Two, is beautiful looking. Mm-hmm. You can see the effort was put in there. Um, as you talked about, like the um, those. Uh, the Roman Catholic images you're seeing and everything like that, all those yeah, things are, yeah. that was obviously studied. That was something that was researched. They put a lot of effort into that. So I'm glad. I'm glad mm-hmm. because technically, technically, if you ever want to say it now, Taming's one of their older artists. And you know, I'm only saying that in inverted commas. I don't really mm-hmm. believe that. I'm mm-hmm. one of their older artists now and they tend to kind of not want to, um, what do you call it? Yeah, they cast them aside. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. Mm, mm, so to yeah. see that the effort was put in there for him, it's right. nice to see the effort was no, not was is there. As you yeah. said, you love the video. The video was it is everything came together really well. I'm glad for that because he's yeah. an artist that deserves the recognition. I mean, let's be real. Every SM artist does deserve the recognition because they put mm. in the work. They do. They really, really do. Like they really work hard. Them. I just think about how every single time, and I always have said at the beginning of the show when we started this podcast, and I'll say it now, the fact that I found out that when I was in Korea and I was working as a teacher that my annual salary was, was more than most of the SM artists get, I was mm. like, wow, wow. Yeah. I was like, you really came here because of these people, let's be real, because of these people and of the strength of knowing who these people were that made you actually want to actually come to the country and you are getting paid more than them. Mm. Raw, that's wow. disgusting. Absolutely, yeah. because the way they work them, like work horses, they work them to the bone. For what? Like really right. and truly, because you don't own your own masters. Because one of the main things has been music is owning your masters, so you can get money. That's, yeah, that's a huge man. That's that's a huge thing. I know. Like that's what I'm happy for CL because at least yes. it seems like her songs now. Hopefully she owns the masters, but oh, yeah. you know, it's like her own, you know, label and just yes. her own thing. Uh, you know, I hope that um she's able to own that because it's very important. It just really is. I agree. I 100% agree. And I mean, shout out, her album should be coming out. So obviously this is the last episode. So let's just hope, hope for the future that, you know, after this, we know that the album did come out. And I'm going to just predict for the future. I'm going to say CL's album did come out it, and it did really well. And it mm. made her be able to release another album and another album. And that was her story. <laughs> Continued, mm. you know. <laughs> like, I, I'm just going to put out positive things for uh, individual artists, not the industry as a whole. As you know, I hate the industry as a whole. <laughs> I've got mm. nothing good to say about the industry I've got nothing to nothing good to say about the people who um who have hijacked the fandom, so to yes, speak. Because yes. <gasps> a lot. Mm. Mm, go ahead. Sorry, you just made me think of something. But go ahead. Mm. Oh no, I, I wanted just to kind of round off what I was saying by because I mentioned a person called Gorilla Tamer in the last episode, and I mm. said I would get to you. This is me getting to it right now. Um, I'll explain quickly for those who don't know what it is. Um, Gorilla Tamer and many other accounts like that was a doxing account on Twitter. So what to dox? Dox is a verb. It basically means to take someone's uh, personal private information and to release it to the public, which makes them very vulnerable for attack, for sexual assault, for um, identity fraud. Many things can happen to you after you've been doxed. Um... So there's a, an account that uh, <laughs> this account was they, they called themselves Gorilla Tamer because they they were directly um, targeting black K-pop accounts. So obviously, in case you were lost, if you were lost at that at that title, I'm glad that means you don't have a racist bone in your body because you didn't make the link between black people and gorillas. Well, good for you. And I genuinely mean that. I'm not even being sarcastic. Um, but that's what it was. They wanted to say that they were going to tame the gorillas, which are all the black K-pop fans who have voices. So like myself, yourself, anybody who's been on this show before, um, whatever, people who talk about K-pop, people who are outspoken about the industry, like the blackface, the racism, the cultural misappropriation, um, just stuff like that really um it happens to be that uh bts are some of the biggest perpetrators of the misappropriation just like everybody else as well within that industry and uh because they're hyper visible they're the most popular they get 
they're kind of on everyone's lips in terms of that conversation and that discussion of, of it. So because of that, and black fans, right, quite frankly, um, right, quite rightfully calling it out, a lot of BTS army, people call them armpits, whatever you want to call them, um, take umbrage with that and literally set up accounts to target and dox black female. It's women, they're doing it to specifically fans online, which has basically made um, the black fandom a very dangerous place to be. Where it used to be, I, I could even speak for myself, where it used to be somewhat of a safe space because back in like, you know, 020304, like we were only mingling amongst other Koreans, Korean Americans, Korean British, Korean Australians, whatever, uh, and, and then other Asians. So, you know, your Chinese, your Japanese, your Filipino, Malaysian, whatever, because they loved K-pop too. So, oh, you know, obviously we are big into J-pop as well. So obviously, especially Japanese people, right? So because we were only amongst those people, for, I can only speak for myself and people like my friend Rukia and whatever, because we only rolled with the Asians, we didn't see the fucked up shit that non-Asians were saying, really. We only saw the shit, the fucked up shit that Asians were saying, if they were saying it to us. And because usually it was people that we knew in proximity, as well as online, it was, it, I'm telling you, it was different. It wasn't like this. Like, if there was racism that was said, like, a lot of times people get dogpiled. And um, even, like, small acts of meanness, I found, i never forget one other time, it's like a small anecdote, when um, a boa project was coming out and um i remember it being like 30 dollars at the time and or 30 or but obviously you know something 30 dollars plus packaging that's like 50 pounds some over over time right and um i remember being what 17 at the time so young even though i was working at uh, my parent restaurant i wasn't earning loads and loads of money to be shipping things here there and everywhere like i could be doing now not that i'm earning loads of money now it's just i'm better at better at it um and i remember posting on a board saying oh wow you know the album's coming out or whatever's coming out i want to start saving now and somebody was like oh you can't you don't have 30 dollars and i remember feeling very oh 17 year old very young feeling hurt about that before I even got a chance to feel hurt I remember people spamming him saying you asshole you prick you dickhead you cunt how are you gonna like I was like that's how K-pop fandom used to be we used to look after each other I'm telling you that's what it genuinely used to be like J-pop was, was nice as well I made so much genuine friends from that fandom but as it's got bigger as it's got bigger you've got a lot of people who um, majority are you know the Southeast Asian ones who parrot the racism the white ones are the worst ones as we know who think that this stuff is for them because you know a lot of white fans are just entitled people period and think that products are made for them it doesn't help that the companies actually start to cater to the white fans making the artists look more white in appearance so as a result of it you've got these white people telling black people about these korean people who are singing black music and it's a thing where you don't get to talk to us if we feel some type of way when when if they like do a kind of a reggae reggae something or you know reggaeton something or jersey house something or new orleans bounce something i'm talking about very specific black art forms of music genres of music that are that belong to people regardless of whether it's been gatekept well enough it belongs to a set of people and you can go and find its origin when the k-pop producers grab it parrot it make their own version of it sell it back to people sell it back to koreans sell it back to asians the whites get it the whites have heard it for the first time because they've only heard Asians do it for the first time, think that Asians are the ones who created it and want to scream down at black people. So it's one thing to be screamed down by white people or who are non-black people about our own genres of music, but it's another thing entirely to be deliberately targeted because we are trying to gatekeep parts of our culture. And 
for me, again, I've already, you done already heard me months ago talk about, I was saying divest from this shit. Like the only way for you to actually be a, a person, a regular human being in this fandom is to not be in this fandom. I definitely still agree with that, um, with that, that, with that um, sentiment. If anybody asks me, do I, have I, do I believe anything different from 2000, uh, from, 2000 from, from August? No, I'm probably even worse now. Because all of that stuff happened when I was talking about the situation that happened with Sam and whatever. That happened before the Gorilla Tamer account, all the, all those doxing and the the um the cry of nobody really cared about the black women in K-pop. There were so many people trying to like 106 and Soul. They um they quoted like did articles and Stitch Media Mix did articles. You had multifaceted articles. All of these people in the actual within the fandom within the industry, they put things out there, and it to me it was. Was like really performative people are listening listening to them and engaging with them in a very performative way but not actually doing anything about what they were saying and they've still yet to do anything about what those ladies were saying what we've been saying over the last five years about how dangerous it actually has become to be a black girl in any fandom period but especially k-pop i found that k-pop has taken in the losers and the dregs of society this is just my opinion you don't have to agree with me this is what i'm saying right and you've taken in people who don't have anything else to do with their motherfucking selves so they are uh, project on these idols and don't know don't know anything about this uh, about their culture don't particularly care just believe that they have an ownership of them and feel protective of that and feel that black people calling out certain behaviors toxic behaviors that no we shouldn't do that we should know our place negro stay in your place and you think that it's okay to dox people now the reason why you can dox a person put their business out there put their screenshots out there because that even happened to me this year, right? And it wasn't about doxing over K-pop. It was a doxing over somebody being, um, somebody was somebody that I used to know, literally. But you can be doxed for many reasons, right? But, you know, with screenshots, putting your number, putting your address out there. It's a very dangerous situation. But the thing about that is that I just find that you guys only work online. This is, this, is the, this is where you see the girl Davis wants to come and talk to the doxers. Because... I'd actually say, I said, any of, like April said last week, if you want to come dox me, dox me in it. Can you pay some bills? That's the first thing, yeah? The second thing I would say is, if you want to dox, let's not dox. Let's change, the, let's take one of the X off and let's put a, a B with a D in. Let's say box. Can we box instead? Let's come and fight. And I'm, and I'm genuinely mean that it sounds childish. No, no, no. This, what I'm saying is this, yeah? You know, a big, bad and bossy over the internet because you know that you're anonymous why do you have to be anonymous <laughs> well i didn't even mean to genuinely make that link actually but seriously why you gotta be anonymous why if you're so big bad and bossy and you really like genuinely stand behind your your um your gorilla tamer status and you are taming all these horrible black women put your face out there let us know who you are but you won't do that because you're scared you're a shook one because anybody who does all of this stuff is a, a, a dickhead, a cunt, and a shookhead. Like there's, there's, there's literally no other way to describe you. You're a coward. You're a yellow belly. I don't know what other word to describe you, but you're just disgusting pleb of society and nothing good will happen to you. And that's not, not um, just about Gula Tamer. It's about every single person who's ever targeted a black girl in K-pop fandom. You're pathetic. Young black women, uh, older black women who are, you know, young black women, young black girls, older black women who are fans, don't stop enjoying any type of media or arts, be it Star Wars, because I know it's difficult for you guys in Star Wars, be it Vampire Diaries, be it fucking, be it K-pop, be it anything. Do not 
let anybody make you hate the make you hate something simply because of the fans don't do that Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. however if you do see that the actual industry itself starts to cater to these racist fans then stop look and think which is the reason why I took a step back this year when I realized how much these fans these these um these these races are being empowered by the actual record companies. I was like, ah, okay, because this is where it's coming from. Because if they weren't being empowered, and if they weren't being given a platform, if they weren't being gassed up so much with rewards of content, whatever, 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 they wouldn't have any motivation to keep doing this. It's the record company, it's the industry itself that knows that these people are are insane, they're fanatics, but they also have money and they put their money where their mouth is. It's the same way with the, with the Trump fans and anything else. It's just blind worship, but the companies thrive on blind worship. So again, I have I said it back then in, in August, because I'm going to round up what I'm saying now, innit? I've said, up, I've said it back then in August, and I'll say it again now. Girl Davis can never, ever, ever tell you what to like and what you shouldn't like. It's just my personal preference. I've chosen to pull away and divest simply because of the fact that my heart can't take it now. I can't take having to see like some vile images, people posting pictures of people, dead people, tagging black fans in it. Of course, not just the doxing, it's the, it's the thing that we've seen. It's the things that I've had to read. The, the, like the, the aftercare that I've had to, you know, DM people and talk to them, ask and say, sis, are you okay? Like, we shouldn't have to sis, are you okay, each other, over music that has directly been stolen from black people and then repackaged and sold back to us. And yeah, we buy it because we like it. And there's many reasons why we like it. We don't have to actually give any of those reasons now. There are many reasons why we like it. Why it's inspired us to want to learn a new language or whatever. It doesn't matter. It doesn't, it doesn't really matter. The fact is, is that we shouldn't be attacked for liking things. And that's where it's, that's where it's become. That's where it's literally just descended into this disgusting chaos, this madness. And I, for one, am too old and too long in the tooth with my fake-ass teeth. I have been talking about it for the last five years. And my hair ain't fake no more because it's finally grown out. Shout out to me. But now I'm too long in the tooth to to deal with all of this type of stuff. So, yeah, so that was my message about the doxing. I know that a lot of people are expecting me to come here and rant and rave and shout, but it isn't about ranting and raving and shouting. It's about letting other people who could potentially be victims of it be aware that this is happening. And I would say, you know, go on Discord then and make your own private group. Um, Telegram, you can make your own private group. WhatsApp, make your own private group. Um, even on Twitter, you know, within the DM function, you can make your own private, you know, fandom group. Um, the Amino apps, there's many different, of course, Reddit, one of the main, you can make your own subreddit and make it private. Um, I'm just saying that I personally think that if you're going to be a black fan engaging in K-pop, I personally wouldn't do it anymore. But if you're going to do it, then be private and only talks amongst yourselves. And then when you talk amongst yourself, you've got to weed out the coons as well. Because you've got a lot of people, a lot of people like, for example, the Gorilla Tamer account. Yeah, we believe that account is a black person that's made that account. A self-hating because we know there's a lot of there's a lot of coons in K-pop. There's a lot of black people who listen to K-pop simply because of the fact that they're self-hating and they're rejecting their own culture, but they rather see their own culture repackaged with this light-skinned Asian, East Asian uh, people. Because if they were Filipino or, or brown Asian, they wouldn't be gassed out the same way because they're the light-skinned Asian. Let's be real and. Um, 
Again, I'm girl Davis. I don't give a damn if you're upset. I'm just telling you how it is. Because I've watched it happen over the last 18 years. I've watched this happen. And I know enough. there's enough coons in within the fandoms. The coons, they walk among us. They live among us. So again, if you're going to do another private group as well, I would just say, weed out the coons as well. <laughs> because you're going to have coons in there chatting shit, defending, defending a lot of misappropriation, a lot of blackface. You see, there's a lot of the oppa didn't do it. A lot of them are black people too. Yeah, so we have enemies amongst us. Remember that all skin folk is not kinfolk blah blah bloop 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 whatever I'm just saying isn't it so yeah really that's my take on the gorilla tame situation I, I said I'll bring it up last week I would you know continue this week and that's really it so April you had something to say but, um, do you want to go ahead yeah something you brought up it just made me think of um, I don't know something about how things have changed or times have changed so sometimes I just put on it's this channel it's the live channel and it just shows like k-pop performances from like random groups and then sometimes like the um was it um idol show whatever that show's called weekly idol so I put it on and it was like right at the tail end of an NCT performance and then uh BTS came on and they showed and it was bliss or tears and then after that was mic drop and then it was DNA and they play spring day. I've never really cared for spring day, but, uh, and it was like another one and it actually, and I was like, and I sat there and watched it. It was like so happy. And I was like, wow, this was the times that, man, it was just like so freeing and fun to be a BTS fan. Um, I was like, wow. I was like, I missed this because I literally haven't listened to any of their stuff. I've kind of just, just not listen to them at all. Like anything on Twitter, I don't look at just because they're, the majority of their fans are just so toxic that it's just made me not enjoy them at all, which is so crazy because, you know, I know, um, because we were such fans of them. I know you still, uh, follow, you follow them more than I do now, but I, it just made me think, wow, like you said, like times have changed, how it used to be fun and just lighthearted and, Man, when I was watching, I was so excited. I was like, yeah, I remember the performance. Oh, my gosh. I watched every performance of Mic Drop. And, man, it was just used to be so fun. But it's so toxic now. And it's so gate-kept uh, that, you know, it makes it just unbearable at times. So, yeah. I, I guess that's why I like why it's so enjoyable being like tame in fandom because it's very calm and maybe because uh, Chinese and older group. So, like, people are real chill. But, um yeah, I it it just made me think of that and it made me think of the good old times. That was just a couple of years ago. <laughs> but yeah, that's all I had to add. I mean, one I think I think the good times will come back and the good times will continue to roll. I think it's just about closing up shop and closing it's, it can't be so open now, in it. And I mean, eventually, I was talking to Anita, you know, uh, my closest friend, one of my oldest friends, Chinese girl. And uh, you know, we met at Japanese class. And um, I was talking to her about saying that all the kids in my school now, like the skills I have of speaking barely Japanese. I'm learning it again now for fun. And the Korean skills I have, like these are actually skills that people care about now. Like when I was younger, nobody cared mm. about that. Nobody cared about those things. Um, but now when these kids know that, find out that I know some Japanese or that I can speak Korean, they're like, like wow, it's an amazing thing. And I was telling her about it. And she's like, eh, it's just a fad. Like, you know, it's because of BTS. It's going to go back underground again. Remember how it was? And I'm like, you know something? It will. It Everything goes up 
and it goes down, it goes up, it goes down again. I mm. mean, I mean, one of the main um, shout out to outspoken artistry uh, for a body qua, a lovely body qua listener, and uh, being from Puerto Rico. Mm. Um, and I I remember when one of the main com- interactions I had with them was years ago when I, I mentioned how you know the waves of you know the uh, the Asian wave or the, the Korean wave or the the Latin wave these things have happened before and I mentioned how you know when we had all these artists going over to all overseas and doing these big concerts like the SM Towns and whatever that uh, I was saying the Fania All Stars um, they did that long time ago with you know Tito Puente, Celia Cruz and um, Hector Lavoe and all of those people and that was what like in the seventies where you had the Latin artists going to Africa you know what I'm saying all over like Mozambique were all over the place and performing and killing it and that's like the second Latin wave because the Latin the first one of the first Latin waves happened in like in the forties with the Mambo number one two three four five six seven eight whatever, and then again in the seventies, and then again again with the eighties like with the Miami Sound Machine, and then again with the nineties we're going with you know the Ricky Martin, the Jennifer Lopez, and all that type of stuff. So and again right again and right now we're having another Latin wave, you know. So really and truly these things they come and go, they ebb and flow, they come and go. Um, right now Korean wave or Asian media is having its day and good for them definitely good for them the racism that has come with it is a, is a horrible horrible byproduct of this wonderful uh what's the word door gateway to culture and to um history and to people the amazing beautiful people like how, I don't, how many people can say that they've met, made great friends through liking k-pop i know i can I mean, you're a perfect. You are a perfect example of that because I wouldn't have known you if it wasn't for K-pop. Do you know what I'm mm, saying? I know mm. you through like being a fan of this stuff. Then you've mm. got people who met actually, you know, actual Korean friends or Chinese friends, you know, who love whatever. That's loving this, or you know, Japanese friends from loving Asian stuff. Period. A lot of people started off loving J-pop and said, okay, what has Korea got to offer? What has China got to offer? What are the Philippines? What about Malaysia? What about Vietnam? And they're all over the place now. It was a you know India or whatever. It was a good gateway just to stop being so goddamn ignorant. And that's what I liked about it at that time. Because majority of us, I can't speak for all, but the majority of us were genuinely very open-minded. Because you'd have to be if you were standing there learning a language simply because of the fact that you wanted to understand some music. It was very earnest, it was very innocent, and it was very sweet. Not like it is now. It's become very vicious and only because of the fact that, like I said, the companies are catering to these people and there's, there's rewards for acting out as a crazy... You know that stand behaviour? There's actually rewards for acting like that. You know the whole sassing thing? There's rewards for that. So people want to get the attention of the artist, blah, 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 bloop, bloop, bloop. It's not my portion. It's really not. One last thing I want to talk about quickly as well, before we say goodbye to the people, um, is... <laughs> so the Sweet Tea video went viral the other day. <laughs> um... And now, Sweetie, their video going viral, um, it's kind of funny because they were one of the first big groups on, well, kind of <sighs> grand opening, grand closing. That's why G Family, isn't it, right? Um, mm-hmm. So they were one of the first grand opening, grand closing groups of YG Family. And yes, they looked like TLC. Yes, they sounded like 702 and Black and every single Black group. Or you know they call called Black Ivory, but Black every single Black group that has come out in the '90s and the early 2000s, 
Yes, they sounded like that. That was the point. <laughs> like, um, I don't know. I, I don't understand what it is when it comes to some people when they realize that black, YG Entertainment was a literal, like, you could look on the old manifesto. It was a black music company. Their whole point was to take black music and to cater it and market it for Koreans. That was the literal point of it. I'm not saying their plagiarism is okay. I didn't say that at any point. I'm just saying that that was the point of it. So, if you thought because there were some people who were looking in the comments on Twitter saying that I thought these were black people now first and foremost do you not know what black people look like to think that they look black because they don't right that's the first thing second of all if you thought they looked somewhat exotical black then their point was then then, then the whole um, what's the word the idea came across then because that's the reason why they used to make um, Taeyang uh tan the way he did they used to do the, um, his cane roll the way they did even with the baby hair like exactly like how Marion had it back in the day it was like it was literally to say like seven was made to be usher that literally what that was that's literally what that was they had some cool original people like big mama was a gospel group they weren't really trying to copy anybody but the clark sisters and i mean everyone copies the clark sisters i mean literally this i mean why wouldn't you copy the best singers in gospel of all time some of the best singers some of the best singers i don't want the gospel fans to come and get me because they will come and get me but um the clark sisters are the ones who like real superstars in it so i understand of that then you had like one time one time like in a hip-hop collective rapping and that kind of stuff well we know obviously that's going to be multiple but you know wu-tang all of these have of things whatever it is what it is i mean but drunken tiger was meant to be more like wu-tang but they're not on yg the yg has always done this this is what they do the difference between yg then and now is that now they have so much like a history behind them they can just get their new artists to copy their original artists so no one can say they're plagiarizing anybody but themselves um so that's what that's about um and so in terms of, so that was fine. That was what, something I was like, okay, fine. But another thing is this kind of like, it's just a faux outrage of things. Because again, I posted that the song in 2002. I heard, I first heard that song in 03. Never liked it then. Don't like it now. The song is ridiculous. It's trash. It is what it is, right? Uh, that's just my opinion. Um, <laughs> you guys found this video 18 years after it was released. And some people are so slow. That's why I'm scared for the population, April. I'm scared. And I'm going to have to call you slow, innit? Because before you go and Google and research, you could easily Shazam the song. You could Shazam the song, find out who sang it, then literally find out where it was from. And before you even do that, you're so reactionary, thinking that it came out in 2020. That video. Tw that video doesn't even look like 2010. It's clearly from the early 2000s, which it was. You have 18, you had a smooth 18 years to complain about this. You didn't complain about it because you didn't know about it and therefore you didn't care. You, you Suddenly something exists and this is this is the point of the the cancel culture thing that because cancel culture is not really a thing. It's more like accountability culture but you can't hold Sweetie accountable. Accountable for what? And then I saw people saying like... um. Because it'd be YG you need to hold accountable, not them. And then people said, oh, I hope TLC get their money. I'm like, did TLC even get the money they're owed? Don't be stupid. Like, we all saw the TLC documentary and the TLC uh, movie. Pebble still owes them money. Why are you talking? I hope TLC get their money. You mean you hope Hype Williams gets his money? Because that was his video concept they used. Like, people just talk out of them ass. I just thought to myself, it was just a bit silly to me. Uh, if you're going to come for misappropriation, which that blatantly was misappropriation, right? You're a bit 18 years too late. What are you going to do? Go and speak to uh, YG's wife, who was a baby in that group and now is a grown-ass woman with X amount of kids, who's a millionaireess because she's the wife of a millionaire. Who I don't know if I don't think he's a billionaire. I think he's just a multi-millionaire at this point. But, you know, who's the wife of a multi-millionaire? you going to speak to her? Are you going to ask her to address these things? Like, come on. Like, 
<laughs> pick your battles, guys. That's another thing I want to say. I want to leave Gerald Davis, Auntie Davis, is going to leave you guys with a few lessons. One, one of the main ones is that is protect your peace and pick your battles. You ranting and raving and typing on the internet about a group that existed 18 years ago and effectively it's a parody, TLC and other black girl groups. Okay, but what does that do? What happens next? Nothing, exactly nothing. That, see that silence? That's what happens next. Nothing. Channel your energy into something. Like right, there's, 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 stuff, there's things happening in K-pop right now you guys could be outraged about. When it came to that doxing situation, do you know how many black accounts appealed to famous, uh, as in like black K-pop accounts, appealed to famous black verified accounts and were ignored? But I seen some of those same black verified accounts retweet the Sweetie video and have their faux outrage about it. So when it's okay to have faux outrage, you want to post K-pop things, right? And talk about misappropriation and blah, blah, bloop, bloop, bloop. But when it comes to black women asking you for help, you know for you know trying to light on the fact they've been attacked we are being attacked and they don't feel safe we don't feel safe it's cricket it's nothing but for your engagement you'll happily post an 18 year old video okay so yeah i can see exactly i can see exactly the type of people you are and that's the reason why i'd say when it comes to these black women in k-pop again i'm leaving my message for you guys because we only let's be real me and april started this podcast for many reasons one was to talk about music to review music because we love music period all kinds of music two we didn't realize it was a form of therapy because we were it was helping us cope with the of the reverse culture shock we both left korea at the same well you know similar time in the same year we both came back to our respective countries and the third thing it was to connect with you guys as black women who are k-pop fans now at the end of the day as a lot of non-black people listen to us and shout out to you because you're beautiful we love you too right but when it comes to the protection of the black women and protecting their peace i'm always going to be looking out for you guys first protect your peace find your tribe and live within it <laughs> and watch out for coons because they walk and they live among us and that is and i promise you that's the last thing i'll say before i say goodbye that's the last thing i'll say about all of those kind of rounding up the topic so yeah um I think that, that definitely you look to drop the mic <laughs> definitely mm, 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 mm. so before we say goodbye uh is are there any any last words miss jackson <laughs> uh, yes um just want to thank everyone for five years you know it really has been a journey um and like Ro Davis has said, it just really helped us a lot <laughs> to be able to more than you guys even know. Like it like one day me and Gro Davis just sat down and we really started talking. We're like, ah, okay. Like we just, you know, you need therapy. <laughs> you understand why you do things and this just really helped us um cope with things. It really just helped us express and just I'm trying to think of the perfect word, but it was just a platform that we needed at the time, and it it I believe it achieved what it needed to achieve. And we thank you all for just man, like the supporters of Cha Cha, I feel like are like none other. Like you guys are really there for us. You have been there for us 
um, no matter how many years, it's a short time, long time, like you all like really gun for us, like out there saying, Jin Cha Cha, like you haven't heard, y'all better hear it now. Like I like the love and support from so many of you guys has just been overwhelming and it's just so amazing. Um, so we really thank you for that. And um I mean, it's not like all the way goodbye because a lot of you all we uh, chat with on um, social media. So <laughs> for most, a lot of you all will still be connected, but um, we're still out here. Like Girl Davis mainly runs the Chichacha I Remember, so her voice is always there. And um, with my blog and uh, face mask and whatnot. I'm out here, so we're we're still around. So uh, you'll hear our opinions still. It just won't be on this specific platform, but we're we're here. And just want to thank you all, man. I man, how many is <laughs> it's been? <laughs> we were doing this podcast. I lived in three cities. <laughs> I just realized. For real, you did, you know? <laughs> yeah, I was like, wow. Okay, so this it really has literally just packed up my mic and well i always lose my headphones and ear ear things i put my little computer and just sit it down in a new place and all right i'm ready mm. <laughs> so that's the great thing about technology so anywho, thank you all so much i really love you guys definitely and i would just want to just say Everything that April said, plus tax, <laughs> uh, <laughs> plus the Biden tax. No, I'm just joking. Um, but yeah, no, seriously, <laughs> fun and jokes aside, that's the reason why we started this show. You know, as April said, we didn't realize until, oh, that's why. And we love and respect all our listeners, um, even the ones who who sent us ridiculous letters um uh and used to and i mean like especially the one i want to shout out to the people who started anonymous because um anonymous was one of my favorite parts of the show as well and if if it wasn't for people on, on our tumblr sending letters in anonymously we wouldn't have had the idea to do that so shout out to all of like you know it's just it's how small things start and it becomes a thing like shout out to that and even shout out to bobby valentino for <laughs> the great theme tune it's just me having a good time really thinking Bobby about v. Bobby V oh dear um, yeah it, it's been a lovely five years ups and downs smiles and frowns that's life how it's gonna be and as April said Jin Cha Cha remembers it's a basically a, yeah it's my voice but also like an archive because I'll be retweeting the old episode links for as long as they're up and then when they're no longer up I will alert everybody on the Twitter that the links are no longer available because eventually they will come to a point where I mean, let's, be, let's keep it funky. It's going to come to a point where we ain't going to pay for the SoundCloud anymore. Right? So therefore, if we, when we choose not to pay anymore, the episodes will be no longer available. And then Jin Cha Cha will be nothing but a distant memory. And that's it. It is what it is. There's plenty of platforms, plenty of things that have been nothing but a distant, fond memory. And I hope that you guys have had some fun with us over the last five years. And yeah, please. And I would say here's to five more years of you guys Loving on yourselves and loving K-pop, loving whatever fandom you want to love, and just enjoying yourself. Five years more after that, and even five more years after that. Just here's to a life of you guys who listen to this show, enjoying whatever you guys want to enjoy, and living a really good life. And we'd all—I mean, the the email account is always going to be up running. 
Mm-hmm. And of course, that's where we would be replying directly as opposed to on the show. Um, there were some, and I mean, because I mean transparency, eh? There were some letters, there were some nice letters actually that we were sent in. Um, we were originally going to read them. Um, there were some not so nice letters, um, <laughs> but I'm not even going to give some power to it. But uh, but I thought to myself, you know what? Let's end it with our voice because it started with us. It needs to end with us, you know. So this is the reason why we didn't read the letters on the show. Um, we might choose to respond to those privately, um, like over the next couple of days or not. It is what it is, isn't it? But like I said, the inbox is there, isn't it? We're not agony aunts, guys. We're not gods. We're not. Are we monsters? I know I am. Um, but what I'm saying is, you know, the gods are monsters. It's a little joke there. Um, but like, seriously, I would definitely say, please don't treat it like the read. We don't have any qualifications in psychology or anything like that. So please, nothing too heavy. If it's musical related, it's absolutely fine. I would definitely say that because, again, knowing boundaries. Another thing is black women, and I'm talking to you guys, boundaries, yeah? 2020 boundaries if you draw a line in the sand if something is too much for you acknowledge it it's okay this year has been very hard for all of us april yeah and a lot Mm. of us lines have been crossed too many times so i know it sounds harsh to say that this is the line but this is the line yeah if it's musical related yeah if it's like media drama you know Korean type thing you watch a film imagine like you said I watched Peninsula yesterday what did you think of it and you hit me up on Twitter you know I'm going to respond to you you know mm-hmm. because we can we can engage in something positive if it's not positivity I don't want it I don't want <laughs> it <laughs> like seriously right. my heart right. I'm telling you when I'm saying this to you a lot of things have happened to me health wise my heart literally can't take it I cannot take it anymore so yeah that is it guys so April is it okay if we all hit the old dusty trail it is Yes, it is, it is. It is time to hit the old dusty trail <laughs> I'll never forget when you Hey kid, where are we? Planet Aragon. <laughs> Planet just... Aragon. <laughs> you so cute. That boy is a joker. I mean, you know, <laughs> if we ever do like a reunion show five years from now, I'll get him so you hear the difference in his voice. Yeah, you're gonna be a little girl, little young man. Planet Aragon. <laughs> um, bless his heart. But yeah, okay, guys. So it's it's time to hit the old dusty trail. This is the Majimak inside. That means it's the last farewell. It's the last one, guys. Like this is the last lot. This is not like Oh, one more next week. No, this is it. <laughs> this is it. So, once again, I will say I am God Davis. And of course, we've got April Jackson. So, if you want to find April, she's in multiple places. Please, April, please list where they can find you right now, my girl. Yes, I am on Twitter, April underscore J88. Facebook page that I post my stuff from my blog. The blog is sweet. X aesthetic.com etsy suite x aesthetic.etsy.com uh is that all i have yeah i think so yes. <laughs> uh yeah out about she's out here there is no reason like really support april's blog she's out here if you want to see more of the stuff she talks about on here but in blog form let's go to her mm-hmm. blog guys she's literally doing that like she's she hasn't stopped she's out here she's doing it isn't it <laughs> girl davis is running the account that is me I'm out here. I've got some things. I've got too much stuff planned. That's actually my problem. <laughs> um, too much things that I'm actually working on at the moment. So, yeah, guys, thanks for your support. We love you guys a lot. Yes, definitely, definitely, definitely. And, um, yes, yeah, so this was the Jin Cha Cha podcast. I have been 
and I kind of will be always <laughs> girl Davis <laughs> but I always will be aka Miss Tiny Whiny I'll always be Miss Tiny Whiny don't get it twisted mm. yes, yes always and of course we would never have this show without April Jackson if you're nasty aka April J 88 please say the 88 aka the fire <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's what we've got to give the jazz hands at the end. Yeah. yeah. That's that's it. So you guys weren't ready for the vocal run at the end. Not the run, the run. Ooh, yeah. That's it. Give it to them, April. Give it to them. Give it to them. <laughs> Listen, you guys, April's an actual singer, yeah. You guys are gonna recognize. Anyway, I know she doesn't like me saying it, but I'm just saying it. Um okay, yes. So April. Mm-hmm. Did you know seven years ago? Seven mm. years ago, uh, I was that's my first year of teaching. So me and years, me and you both were in Korea seven years ago. And in my oh. school, because you were in 2013, you was there too. Uh mm-hmm. at the end, right? Um mm-hmm. so in the, seven years ago, rotted. Where does I'm just let me just pause for a second. Where does time go? Uh, yeah. seven years ago. Yeah. I remember I was in an application to even go there. I remember when we left, but I left. Bloody hell, man. Time goes by. Mm. Anyway, ah, dear, you and I were teachers in South Korea, weren't we, April? Yes. And in my school, the school was called Jamwon Elementary School. It's in Shinbanpo. It's a gangnam school, actually. The kids would say something a little cute, a little different. What the kids used to say? They used to say, hello, haseyo, goodbye, haseyo. They did. That's it. Bye, guys. Bye. The sun has gone to bed and so must I. So long, farewell, our feeders ain't.